Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. This person looks so eerily like you that I, I took your phone out of your hand and I was looking at it. And what did I say? You said I was better looking. <laughs> and that was a win. I'm better looking than a model. Okay, so I might have a rogue garden story. Really? I might. Might. I don't know. Is it Schrodinger's (laughs) garden? (laughs) Yes, at this point, it may be something it may not be. I don't know yet. Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. You know I don't do gardening and no. landscaping that, no. that this is not one of you my and i both are not renowned suits. for our ability to grow things okay thank you very much for understanding that about me my mother and my sister are so very good at it and and i look at them in admiration and yeah. awe and a little bit of envy and now i have my own place and so i decided that i want pretty flowers so i actually went to the gardening center with luann from here at work yeah and i was like Okay, well, I like this color. Mm-hmm. I like this color. That's the extent of my gardening knowledge. Yeah. So I dug holes. I put things in the ground. Some of the things that I put in the ground were bulbs. Okay. Okay, so they you just look like little things of garlic. Didn't know what no. they would turn out to be. No, I put them in there. So they all started coming out of the ground, and they all look the same mm-hmm. as they come out of the ground. Except for there's this, there's this one plant, <laughs> and it's kind of close-ish, close-ish. to where the bulbs I planted uh-huh. are. It looks different from the others, though. Okay. And I don't know <laughs> if it is. I don't know if it's a weed or if it's a flowering plant that oh. like is legitimately supposed to be there. Uh-huh. It looks like it knows what it's doing. Oh, okay. And I don't. Is that like the person who walks in really confidently into a research area with a clipboard and people just assume they belong? So I every day go out and I water it and I <laughs> I talk to it. So you could be watering I, a weed right now. I say to it, I don't know what you are. If you turn out to be a flowering plant, we're going to have a great relationship. But if I'm wasting my time, energy, and water on a weed, you and I are going to have a moment. <laughs> I'm flummoxed. I honestly don't know. And I am not even making this up, okay? This is not something that I've just made up for discussion. I legitimately do not know if I have been watering a weed in my front flower garden. I have been talking to and watering this plant, and I've been telling it, if you turn out to be a weed, I'm going to be the biggest fool in the world. (laughs) Amy has some advice for Jen, though. I just wanted to tell Jen to get on her iPhone or whatever, Android, and get the picture this I got it. Oh, take a picture of that plant. Maybe it's not really a weed. Maybe it's your plant. I am looking at this app right now. It's amazing. We use it all the time. So we go hiking in the park and then we're like, oh, that's a pretty uh, flower. Well, maybe not. It's a weed. (laughs) Where has this been my whole life? Oh, it's amazing. You'll love it. Thank you so much. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm going to do a big reveal. I'm going to go home. I'm going to figure out what this is, and I'm going to come back on here, and I'm going to admit either that I have been watering a flower or watering a weed. I'm going to have to get up early next week and listen, then. (laughs) I've got something growing in my garden that might be a weed. It might be a plant. I've been watering it just in case. It became pretty clear to Steve what the intrusive plant was in his garden. So my wife and I planted the garden, and we were very diligent. We put black fabric down over the entire garden, a large one, probably 40 by 60 feet. And we had all of our rows labeled. Everything was perfect. It was just fabulous. And then we went on vacation. (laughs) 
We came back a week later, much like you did, Taylor, and that black fabric was about a foot in the air, suspended by an entire bed of weeds. Oh, no! Couldn't find a plant that we'd planted to save our life. Are you Everything kidding? was gone. They grew underneath the black fabric, and it was literally a foot in the air, so we just canceled the garden for that year. It was over. It was done. Have you ever grown a successful garden? Well, um... Sort of. My aunt did make us a plaque that says, Welcome to the Garden of Whedon. (laughs) You come back from vacation, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you realize, Oh, that's what happens if I don't touch that for a week. What? 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 We we got back from our week-long vacation. Mm -hmm. And of course, we came back at night, couldn't see a whole lot. (laughs) But then the next day, I woke up and I looked out the window, and I thought we had a new tree growing in our backyard. Well, trees don't grow overnight. Beanstalks do if you're talking about Jack, but what was it? A weed. It was a <laughs> Weeds will grow apparently over the course of a week. Like literally, this thing is taller than I am. I went and stood next Taylor. to it to make Jen, I have a photo on my telephone. <laughs> I, I will I will post it on Facebook I was to say, prove it. If it's on your phone, it needs to be on our Facebook page. There was a weed taller than you that grew while you were on vacation. It, it was one of those, you know, those little spiky boys that, yeah. that grow up and yeah. you have to dig really deep to get them out. Yeah, if you don't touch those for a while, they will just grow straight up. They start flowering at the top, like with these little dandelion puffy <laughs> top things, and they start developing a trunk. This thing was getting brown at the bottom. It was getting solid. You had to- <laughs> I had to uproot a weed tree yesterday. I'll never forget looking through the window and seeing the the cheerily covered toy box that my mother had made sitting in the corner of my brother's room and seeing my brother. He was three. Mm -hmm. We had a babysitter. Everything was going fine until all of a sudden the babysitter realized that my three-year-old brother had locked himself in his room. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. So, you know, the three of us, my babysitter, my sister and me are all outside Jeremy's yeah. room. Jeremy, Jeremy, you got to unlock the door. <laughs> Jeremy, you got Jeremy. And Jeremy was not unlocking the door. Oh, naturally. And so all of a sudden the babysitter just goes charging out the front door. And so, of course, my little sister and I are like running around. Oh, yeah. Running behind her, you know, what's going on? We run around to the back of the house and we look in the window to my brother Jeremy's room. And Jeremy... <laughs> Is standing there on his bed, smiling at us and waving. And he my knows baby, he's got an audience. My babysitter is like, Jeremy, open the door. Jeremy. And Jeremy looks at her and smiles. And then he launches himself. He jumped from his bed to the top of that beautiful toy box that oh my boy. mother had made. And my babysitter is going, no, no, don't do that. And Jeremy turns and looks at her again with this big grin on his face and then he jumps back oh boy onto the bed and my babysitter goes charging back around the house and my sister and i are running behind her and basically she's standing in front of the door and she's like we have got to figure out how to open this door and finally she got a quarter out oh yeah it was one of those locks and she depressed it and opened it up and then she went grabbed my brother who thought it was all so much fun yeah and wanted to do it again so in my little brother's eyes, it was a fun experience. In the babysitter's eyes, not so much, because he was locked in while she was locked out. And feeling locked out of something can be really stressful. 
But it can also make for a really good story. My husband and I were visiting friends in Florida, and the men were out doing something, and Pam had to go pick up her kids from school. So I ran up to use the bathroom in a very large house, and it was a bathroom with a pocket door. And so I closed the pocket door, and when you're at someone else's house, you typically lock it. Mm -hmm. And so I did, and then I couldn't get out. I couldn't get the door to unlock, and I'm upstairs, (laughs) and it's a big house. I would have probably had to scream loud and scare the daylights out of her. So I had my little flip phone with me, and I called my daughter, and I said, hi, Summer, and she said, oh, hi, Mom, and we were talking for just a little bit, because I had to get moving on with the conversation, and I said, Summer, do you know Pam's phone number? And she said, well, Mom, aren't you there? I said, well, yes, but I'm locked in the bathroom upstairs, and so she Oh, okay, I'll get it. We hung up, and she called Pam, and Pam said, "Oh, hi, Summer. Isn't that a coincidence? Your mom is here." Well, yes, I know. And my mom trapped in the bathroom up and can't get out and doesn't want to scream for you. Can we just point out how Midwest it is that you call and you have a whole polite conversation and say, oh, by the way, oh, oh, just going to squeeze out of this bathroom here. I don't know why. But somehow Sunday morning ends up being one of the most stressful times of the week. Oh, Absolutely, because you got to get ready and get dressed and get out the door to church. Which the crazy thing is, I do that every day going into work. But something about Sunday morning getting into church is really, really difficult and really, really stressful. Our family was usually sweaty and grumpy by the time we got into the car to go to church. And I remember specifically one Sunday early on when Lindsay and I were married and we're, you know, just blazing around the house. We know we're running late. We're trying to get everything together as we're going. And I walk by the window in our kitchen. And I look out and I say, oh, there's a there's a cat outside the house. And then I kind of did a double take and I was like, that's our cat. And what had happened was he would take a nap up against the screen of the window. And Leo was a little large and the screen couldn't hold his bulk anymore. And so he just rolled right out the window and the screen slammed shut behind him. Oh, so he was not an outdoor cat. This no. was an indoor cat that shouldn't be outside. Pampered indoor cat. So Lindsay and I panic. We both rush outside and we scoop Leo up before he can run off. Both of you? Yeah, we left the keys inside and we locked the door behind us out of habit. And so here oh, we no, are. Oh, no, you're, you're trapped outside your house with a cat. On Sunday when we need to be at church. <laughs> and so we're, you know, we don't know what to do except, you know what? Leo got out through the screen. I bet I can get in through the screen. So Lindsay's standing behind me, a cat cradled in her arms while I'm trying to break into our own house and rip out this screen. I finally do it in my Sunday best. I'm crawling through my legs hanging out the kitchen window. Lindsay hands the cat into me. I let her in. And guess what? What? We went to church sweaty and grumpy. (laughs) Okay, as a recap... Taylor and Lindsay, newly married, cat falls out the window, they go outside to get it, get themselves locked out of their house, Taylor has to crawl back in through the window. And uh, we're not the only ones who've dealt with cats and being locked out. I was house-sitting a few decades ago in a larger house that didn't have air conditioning, and they had upstairs windows that had fans that kind of circulated the air. And the woman uh, went overseas uh, for about six weeks, and I was responsible for her two cats. One was a very large Siamese cat, and the other was a smaller Burmese cat. 
And the Burmese cat had some health issues. And so it kind of walked funny and it was much thinner. And well, the very first few nights I was sleeping upstairs, I noticed the Siamese cat jumped up on the windowsill. Well, the baby Burmese jumped up along with it. The first two, three mornings I would go out to go to class and I opened the front door and there was the little Burmese cat on the step, just patiently waiting for me to open the door and get in the house. I realized that the cat was falling from the second store window on some bushes downstairs. (laughs) And I was afraid the cat was going to have some more medical problems. Oh, my goodness. Uh, And when the, the woman came back, she looked at the little one with the medical problems with the stroke and said, you know, it looks like he's walking a little better. <laughs> Sometimes I have to force myself to do things. You ever find yourself? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know it's good for you, uh-huh. even though you don't really feel like doing it. Okay. So I put myself in situations where I have no choice. Case in point. If I want to clean my house, what do I do? You invite someone over. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you, you know where I'm, where I'm going. I knew that it was time for me to get back into church, mm-hmm. not just online church, which I think is great. And I'm really glad that we were able to stay in touch with each other through online church. I knew it was time for me to go back to church. I also knew that I would wake up on a Sunday morning and I would look for an excuse yeah. not to. I knew. I know myself. Because you get really used to the convenience of mm-hmm. roll out of bed. Mm-hmm. I can have my computer up. Maybe I'm going and doing chores while I'm listening to the sermon. I knew that it was good for me to get back into corporate worship. And so I promised somebody that I would be there and I I would sit with her. Yep. So that Sunday came around in January and I did exactly what I thought I would. I was like, oh, I don't want that first time I got back into corporate worship. It was wonderful soul feeding. I saw something yesterday on social media that that said it perfectly. They said that gathering muscle Mm -hmm. that we use when we gather together has atrophied. In 2020, we haven't been gathering. We haven't been together as a body of believers. And so you've gotten kind of used to not doing it. Mm -hmm. And he said, don't let that feeling of not wanting to go because you haven't done it in a long time continue. Try to get there and let that gathering muscle get stronger. It can be really easy to feel ashamed that you don't feel like doing the things that you need to do. Oh my goodness, that's something we all don't I never feel, feel like, like eating cauliflower. I know, I know. And I don't feel any shame over that. All of us deal with it. All mm-hmm. of us. This is not unique to you. I will say in my case, gathering once again was good for my soul. It really is good to be back, hanging out with my friends again. We are so happy to have you back. They were really tired of hearing just me. (laughs) But the thing about going on vacation is you're kind of expecting to get away. Like, especially we we left the country. Yeah. We were were in Mexico on vacation. I promise. Jen Jen stayed in (laughs) Iowa. And then as we're walking around, making conversation with people next to us, you know, talking about where you're from, we say, oh, we're from Iowa. And this couple in front of us in line wasn't even in the conversation, whirls around and goes, you're from Iowa too? (gasps) No way. Well, first of all, did not expect to find another Iowa couple at this resort. And yeah, we're from Iowa. What part are you guys from? They're like, We're from the Des Moines Metro. We live in Clive. I was like, we live in West Des Moines. We can probably drive to each other's house in 10 minutes. And somehow we ended up in the same resort at the same time. In Mexico. In Mexico. That's awesome. And we kept on bumping into it. It'd be like, oh, there's the Iowa couple. 
It's a small world after all. I mean, it is. You think that by going on vacation, going away, that you would leave behind everybody that you know. And then you run into somebody who is very close to your home. We were on vacation with our three children in Sarasota, Florida. And we were on a beach and we were walking down the beach and we ran into one of my son's teachers. (laughs) And our son was appalled. (laughs) How old was your son at the time? Junior high. Yep. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, you don't expect to run into your middle school teacher in a swimsuit. That is just not what you expect. (laughs) No, no. How small of a world is it? Well, with stories like this, it's getting smaller and smaller all the time. Back in 1972-73, my husband and I were taking 25 kids in a big old school bus toward California. We were here in Iowa. We're going up the mountain before we were descending down into San Diego, and the clutch dropped out of the uh, <gasps> the bus. My husband was driving, and so he pulled it into the mountain, and we said, okay, what do we do now? And everybody started praying. All of a sudden, there was this car come up over the mountain toward us, and we thought, that car looks familiar. And it was Tom's uncle who lived in Kansas. No! What? The bus and he said, what are you doing out here? He didn't even know. <laughs> that wasn't the day for cell phones, you know. So yeah. He went and found a phone, went on down, found a phone, and uh, got a tow truck. But anyway, uh, that was really amazing. And that was a God thing, obviously. I'll never forget it. For a second, I thought it was going to be one of those epic moments, like in a movie. Really? Because I walked into an elevator and there was Life 107.1 artist Rhett Walker. Really? And Here I'm, in West Des Moines, I Iowa. I was like, West Des Moines, Iowa, in an elevator, wearing a local refrigeration company shirt. Oh, hold on. Checking his phone. Uh, okay, no. It wasn't Rhett Walker. However, he looked so much like <laughs> Rhett Walker that I did a double take and I felt like I had to tell him. Of course. You told him he looks like... (laughs) I said, hi, I work for a radio station and you look just like one of our singers. And he just kind of looked up from his phone and looked at me and I said, no, seriously, his name is Rhett Walker. He's really cool. And you look just like him, except he's from Alabama. And the guy says... Yeah, I'm not from Alabama. And I said, no, I can tell because you don't talk like Rhett Walker. Mm. I said, but you look just like him. So it wasn't necessarily a case of mistaken identity. I suppose if I would have continued to think that he was Rhett Mm -hmm. Walker, it would have been. But I'm telling you, doppelganger. Rhett Walker's doppelganger. Maybe he was in disguise. If you'd like walked up next to him, you'd be like... I am a mountain mover. And <laughs> see if maybe, he starts singing along. You think maybe it really was Rhett Walker? It was Rhett Walker he in disguise. He was just pretending to be a refrigeration I'm, guy from here in the local I, company. I don't know, Rhett Walker. Checking I'm, his phone. I'm, I'm Brett Talker. Yeah! I mean, it really does happen a lot. Well, you see someone and you're like, oh, that's that's a human that I know. Uh-huh. They're not in a place that I usually see them, but I can trust my eyeballs. And then you realize it's a case of mistaken identity. I was at a restaurant, and this lady at the other table was waving at me and smiling. I had a college sweatshirt on. And so she came over after she was done eating and, and said, oh, you know, so-and-so, I was so glad that you came and did such a wonderful job endorsing this quilt for our pool club. I guess I anointed it or something. <laughs> And I was nodding and thanking her. And the best part was that my friend who actually did the commitment for the quilt 
is sitting at the table with me with her back to the lady. I go, well, you know, Gail, you got your thank you. I hope you're happy. Maybe the only thing more embarrassing than mistaken identity is the unknown identity. But Barb has a really cool way to avoid that. My husband and I, when we go to like a company party or something, if he squeezes my hand or I squeeze his, that means I do not know this person's name. I don't remember that. <laughs> you have a code? Oh, that's smart. Well, we've been married 45 years. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I have a code. Yeah. If he squeezes my hand that he doesn't know these people, then I will just introduce myself. Hi, I'm Barb. And then they will say what their name is. Okay. Oh, that's smart. All right. That's, that's really, really clever. That's really good. Have you ever both squeezed each other's hand at the same time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that means let's walk the other direction. <laughs> Have you had a case of mistaken identity? That could be so embarrassing. Bumped into somebody else's doppelganger or maybe your own doppelganger? We thought we knew your doppelganger. We thought it was Danny Goki. No, my doppelganger is... An Instagram ad model. <laughs> I mean, nobody else looks at you for five straight hours every single Monday through Friday, <laughs> except for me. So I know what you look like very well. And when you held up your phone and turned that around, I was like, <gasps> I didn't know you were doing that as a side gig. I know. I, I look at myself in the mirror every morning and literally I will be scrolling through and I will see this thing and I'll be like, who took that of me mm-hmm. who's inside my refrigerator it looks just because it's a guy looking inside it's of this his refrigerator. guy who's looking inside his refrigerator and it must be related to some sort of computery thing because there's like a motherboard in his refrigerator for some reason this person looks so eerily like you that i i took your phone out of your hand and i was looking at it and and i was looking at it i was looking at you looking at it looking at, now no what did i say you said i was better looking <laughs> and that was a win I'm better looking than a model. (laughs) So good to have you back. It is good to be back. Everything go off without a hitch? No. (laughs) I mean, is it it really a vacation if you haven't had some sort of misadventure in the middle of it? And our misadventure happened at the, like, literally the very beginning when our flight leaving Des Moines, Iowa was delayed by about an hour. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. Well, when we landed in Chicago O'Hare for our connecting flight, we literally watched that connecting flight take off. Oh, you missed your connection. And so we had the experience from every sitcom where we go to the customer service. They say, hey, there's another flight leaving in like one minute and there's two spots left. You run. I'm going to take care of the details. And we are sprinting across Chicago Air Hair Airport to make our flight. I didn't know this. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. But we made the flight. Oh, yeah. And our luggage didn't. Yeah, I knew you were about to say that. So we had a personal item bag and carry-on bags, which did not have any clothes, did not have any toiletries. Like, I had my Kindle if I wanted to read, (laughs) and that was about it. Really? Seriously? You didn't put, like, an extra pair of underwear and a toothbrush in there? Well, now I know that that would have been a good idea. Yes! idea. And here's the kicker. We were at one of those resorts where they have like really fancy dining and you have to dress a certain way at those restaurants. Oh, let me guess. You weren't dressed that way for the plane. Yeah, no, I was dressed comfortably. <laughs> so here's the deal. Oh, no. We had to no. put together formal dining wear using the gift shop. 
Did you put a tie with a with with a Hawaiian shirt? No, but I had some slacks where I couldn't take too long of a step. I think anymore when you come home from a vacation and nothing has gone wrong, you're like, wait a minute. Did that just really happen? Have I, have I missed something? something? Am I going <laughs> to discover something actually did go wrong? Because anymore when you travel, you pretty much just have to be prepared for travel mishaps. Yeah, Joy had something happen in the airport to her. We're in Augusta coming home. And it's like, come on, we're supposed to take off. We're supposed to take off. And they come on and they go, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to fly direct from Augusta to Dallas-Fort Worth. Okay, great. This is cool. But we have a delay because we have a mechanical problem. Our bathrooms aren't working. Okay, fine. So an hour later, they came on and they said, okay, we're going to fly, but our bathrooms still do not work. So please take care of your business before you board if you want to board. Otherwise, see the people, blah, 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 and we'll reschedule you. And it's like, we got to go home. We both have to go to work. So we boarded this plane, and for two and a half hours from Augusta to Dallas-Fort Worth, no bathroom. So did you take care of your business before you left? Well, yeah. And then you didn't drink anything on the uh, flight, did you? Uh, yeah, we had some water, but <laughs> then we were bursting. <laughs> Travel, vacation. Hmm. I mean, when you think about vacation, you're like, yay for vacation. And then you remember you have to actually do the travel portion. Yeah. Which there always seems to be something that goes wrong. So we were flying home from um, Galveston, Texas through Houston early in the morning. And our us and probably 5,000 people were leaving at the same time. So <laughs> getting on, getting through the checkpoint was crazy. It, it was so busy and people were starting to miss their flights that they were just shoveling people through. You weren't even walking through the thing, right? Well, we had a carry-on. So Ron had the carry-on bag and I had, I was ahead of him because I had slip-ons. And he goes, Ron, go tell them that I'm coming. I'll put my boots on. And I'm like, okay. So he's got the carry-on. I go running. We both get on the plane. We're sitting there. We're just worked up. So we make our flight to Dallas, and they we're starting to unload. And I said, did you put the carry-on bag overhead? And he looks at me, and he said, I didn't bring the carry-on bag. <laughs> I said, I didn't either. Oh, um, boy. No. And I had this tag to put my name on it because my name wasn't on it. Oh so there boy. was no identification <laughs> in Houston. So we get home. I have a missed call on my way to Des Moines, and Houston has calling us saying, did you forget a purple bag? Somehow, God put a new tag on the outside of my bag, and three days later, they shipped it home. Yay! Wow! That's awesome! The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.